It's six on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. KKGK Las Vegas. It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Nighttime at Noon on the third day of January 2022. Happy New Year, everyone. Dave Gosher, Derek Anglin with you coming from our Studio 31 downtown Summerlin at City National Arena, also on Fox Sports Las Vegas as well. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, the YouTubes, the Facebooks, everyone watching that evidently too uh, here, Derek. So first off, Happy New Year. Uh, how were the holidays? Did you get any presents at all? Any gifts? Yeah, or? I got a couple things. You did? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Anything I, got, of- I got a nice uh, Garmin watch for working out. Wow. So, Good uh, for you. Went up to the mountains with the side by side. My wife got me a fire starter kit just in case the lighter breaks and the lighter broke. So no it, way. Yeah, it came in <laughs> came in really handy for the boys to warm them up in the snow. Uh, so uh, you got some presents. Have you been? So I'm always curious when when guys retire, right? You've had to stay in shape. I don't know since the time you were in junior, right? Uh, do you try to maintain some level of fitness, or do you say the heck with it for a little while and then get back on the horse? Uh, for me, I always, you know, after a, a season, I'm going to take two weeks off. You last four days, and it's like I feel terrible. I need to get in the gym and just do something. And it's kind of the same now. I'll take a weekend off, and I try to work out hard during the week and kind of stay in somewhat shape. And, uh, you know, I go to Orange Theory, and that's been uh, it's huge. You go in for an hour, you burn like 800,000 calories, go home, and it's eat what you want type Yeah, so try to keep nice. it even. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, the Golden Knights, it's been a – a busy stretch for them. It's going to get busier here. They're in the midst of this homestand. It was supposed to be a six-gamer. Turns out it's going to be eight now with the postponement of the trip to Calgary and Edmonton. Um, coming off a loss last night in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets. So just curious to get your thoughts, Derek. What you've, you know, what you've seen from this team here, this stretch where they were had a long road trip east, swept that, came back home at a couple of games postponed. But maybe just, you know, they're not quite halfway through the year, but closing in on it and, and what you've seen here as of late. Uh, as of late, I think they're, you know, I think if you go back when all the injuries were happening, happening, I said if they can be at all-star break, you know, floating that 500 and, you know, at Christmas, they're well above that. So they're ahead of my schedule. Um, you know, I thought guys coming back around all-star break and that last push uh, in the season, they'd be good. But uh, they're they're well ahead of that. You know, they're scoring goals plenty of goals to win games uh, you know the only thing I think and if you ask any of them they're going to want to clean up a little bit defensively and and keep the puck out of their net give their goalies a little bit uh, more help uh, in their zone but uh, you know that'll come uh, playoff hockey tightens up no matter who's playing so um, you know it's just good to get the guys back out there and guys are you know playing on the same line uh, for more than one game you know went through a month and a half where yeah. uh, it was new guys on every line so it's uh that's tough to switch and not get that chemistry when you look at it, it and i know every team deals with injury and and every team's dealt with covid here too it's it is amazing though when you look at it the the high-end guys they had out and and the, the, it's happening again right with patch already out at, you know long term pete DeBoer said don't plan on him for a month um, Mark Stone, uh, I'll give you a quick update. The Golden Knights just wrapped up practice, and it was good to see Mark Stone on the ice, right, with a uh, non-contact red jersey on, but out there with the team. You've got Robin Leonard, who practiced with the team today for the first time since he was injured. Um, the fact they're where they're at, I, I, I kind of shake my head sometimes because they could have been down the drain early or even, you know, start one and four, not good. 
manage to kind of keep more than keep afloat, you know, and go, go on good runs. It's how do you think they've been able to do it with so many key people out of their lineup? I think they, the depth that they have, uh, it shows the depth that they have down in, uh, for Henderson, um, you know, Jake LeCision, Rongberg coming up and they, they didn't uh, seem like they were out of place at all. Yeah. You know, any of those guys that came up and played, they, uh, played big roles, killed penalties, um, you know, shut it, they, they were out against, didn't matter who, uh, they were, they weren't wor- worried about when they were on the ice. And, um, you know, sometimes it's good to get that during the season. Those guys never played before, getting their first games and stuff, Paul Cotter, uh, yeah. th- those guys. And come playoff time, you're going to need a lot more than just the 23 guys you got uh, on the roster. So having those guys get their first games in, know what they can do. Um, if something happens, come, you know, that stretch, leading into playoffs and in playoffs you're not worried about putting these guys in the line that first game they they'll come fit right in they know the guys and it makes that transition a little easier they haven't had all year save for what the season opener right the seattle game they haven't had their whole lineup all year i mean it, it, the, the one you would envision right with with you know your top 12 forwards your top 60 and both goalies stone and patch ready get hurt the second game of the year they miss significant time carlson gets hurt misses significant time it's worth mentioning you haven't seen Alec Martinez, right, in a month and a half. And, you know, you want to say last year he was their best defenseman of the regular year. Petrangelo was great in the playoffs. He's an enormous part of what they do back there, right? And you haven't seen him. So it's Nick Hague's missed now a few games. It's uh, And maybe every team goes through it, but we have such a close view of what the Golden Knights have gone through. Um, it's amazing to me. I, you know, somebody like Chandler Stevenson didn't have his normal wingers for, I don't know, a month and a half. Didn't matter to him much, you know. He continues to produce, so I think, and that's part of it too. To your point of guys coming up from Henderson, other guys coming in, they take a Matteo off the waiver wire. He's 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 gotten better as he's gone on. Yanmark seems to be finding his game. Nick Waz emerged. You know, I think they they were looking for some more offense from him. So, you were in that locker room a long time, Derek. I, I guess it's. Do you not get too preoccupied with who's not? in the lineup i guess you can't think about that you just focus on who you have yeah you just worry about uh who's in the locker room that day when, yeah you, you know it's it's one of those things your your team's healthy or it seems like everyone's hurt in, in the same year you, you know in pittsburgh we had it uh calgary here they're going through it uh, this year but um you know you can't a guy like me it took me seven years to finally get my shot and um you need those opportunities you need guys getting injured for you to come up and show what you have so for those young guys, it's a great uh, experience, learning curve. It, you know, for me myself, getting I got nine games that first season, then got sent down, never called up again that year. But it changed my mind, like my aspect of summer work and dialing it in even more, so I could make the team. So it's a it's a good thing for those young guys to get a f- taste of it, and um, it's good for the team too. Like I said, uh, they're not worried when they come up and put them in. Um, but you're talking Martinez; he's such a you know, I think with him out, um, he's just such a calming factor back there. He's like the dad of the, the decor, you know. <laughs> he's not even that old, but uh, um, he's like the dad. He's just so calming out there. He does everything good. And I think with him out there, blocking shots, sacrifice, more guys do it, you know, because they're seeing he's putting his body on the line every single shift. It's contagious. Everyone else wants to do the same thing, so... Um, they'll be, uh, I'm sure they'll be excited once he's back and, and going. So interesting when you said when you got a taste of it, uh, how did it affect your mindset? Was it, 
I know I can play at that level? Like after seven years of trying to work your way up, was that how it affected your, all right, going into the off season? my goal now is to go up there and never, and never come back or down again? Yeah, that's uh, exactly what, uh, you know, I got the nine games. Um, I got called up to San Jose. Didn't play that game. Golgoski was, uh, was okay. Uh, Latang went down that night. So next game I knew I was in the lineup in Boston. That night, Brooks Orpik goes down. So he's out right early in the game. So I'm playing five, five D, lots of minutes, and then we had more and more injuries. And I remember the one game against Anaheim because they had Getzlaff, Perry, and I think Penner was their top line. So yeah, big, yeah. big guys. They had me and Mark Eaton matched up against against them uh, all night because they're more big, physical top line guys. And uh, you know those nine games really okay. I can play here. I'm gonna dial it in this summer. Workouts, eat right. You, you know cut out the drink and the beer you know there's lots of time now to do that stuff but uh um you know really dialed it in and got in the best shape i've ever been in and went into camp and uh never never turned back so you go from playing in wilkesbury to playing against getzlap perry penner you know yeah it's a it was pretty a, big jump it's a big jump yeah it's yeah and it, it's playing with those guys mark eaton brooks orpik they're they're such so helpful you know a lot of other guys there too but uh they're just almost like Martinez, just calming. You know, you, I follow Brooks Orpik because he played the style I wanted to play, big, heavy, tough, play, hard to play against. So um, those guys really helped you along the way. Dave Gosher, Derek Englund with you on Nighttime at Noon here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Got a full show here today. We're going to get into a little bit of what's going to be an eight-game homestand for the Golden Knights. You've got some players, a uh, couple already returned, and Nate Schmidt and Paul Stastny last night, others to follow. Uh, later this week, real busy week for Vegas, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then the same again uh, next week. We'll start on Sunday, then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, we mentioned Max Pacioretty out again, Derek. It's, uh, you know, and you hope that – I guess you never want to go through it, right? Um, but maybe if you're going to go through it, you're better to go through it now in the regular season. Here's a guy that misses a month with a broken foot, five weeks, whatever it was, six weeks, comes back, goes on a tear in the month of December, named the second star of the month by the NHL, and then, you know, jams up his wrist and wrist surgery and out for another stretch of time. I don't know how long he was playing with an injured wrist, but you wouldn't have known it if he was playing with it for a good chunk of time, the, the tear he was on last month. Oh, that's uh, it's one of those things that uh, they, they don't happen very often no. for him. It's, you know, I don't want to say as an older guy he's – comes back from injury and he knows what he has to do you know he's been around long enough he's one of the best goal scorers in the in the league over the past decade plus so um for him to come on that tear it was it was great to see he's such a good guy and uh you know the wrist surgery I'm, I'm sure he's frustrated with that and stuff but uh he's gonna be fresh come playoff time and that that stretch leading into playoffs he's a work uh, by all accounts is a workout freak in a good way right like just uh well, you speak to you've been around him. He's in the gym all the time and throwing the weights around like it's nothing. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty uh, pretty well in shape guy. Um, works out hard in the in the locker room. Does a lot of stuff, uh, trainer stuff, uh, you know, all that stuff to try to keep his body uh, fine tuned. And uh, he's, you know, if if you're a young guy coming up, that's a guy you want to mold your. Uh, your off-ice activities over and on ice, too. I think Gary Lawless was saying that uh, when Pacioretty was hurt with the foot, uh, he, you know, we kind of the way we get down to the, the media area downstairs, you kind of kind of go by the weight room. He just 
not that you look in there, but just it's in your eyesight, you know. And Pacioretty was like on his knees doing like, like uh, you know, military presses. Oh, yeah. like, that's you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But his ability to, you know, you've had a night a non weight bearing injury, couldn't skate for five weeks, could not be on the ice, and they they work around that, you know, and full credit to the training staff to keep his cardio up. It comes right back and just scores whatever it was, 10 goals ten, last ten month. Not a problem. Whatever, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, and, you know, it, now, obviously not going to be able to shoot a puck for a little while, but it just seems like he keeps himself in such great shape that, you know, however much time he's going to miss, we'll say, you know, Pete Boer said the other day, not going to count on him for at least a month. Maybe they can buy a little bit of time, although I don't think they're going to get – it might get into the – well, it's not the Olympic break anymore, but you know what I mean. Whatever we're calling it. All-star break. A break. The all-star break. Long all-star break. Yeah, long all-star break. Um, and maybe they can buy him, buy him a little bit of time there. But it, it's it's amazing now. The, in, in, you know, they've had so much um, – I don't know if practice is the word, but experience this year and having to rehab all these guys from injuries that, you know, the fact they were able to, you know, hit the ground running. And they took Mark Stone maybe a few games. Pacioretty, really not so much. No. Um, you know, it just speaks volumes to the training staff and how good a shape these guys keep themselves in all year round. Yeah, just the, the technology that the training staff and the strength staff has now is, like, from when I started, it was you do the testing at the beginning of the year and then, you know, you ride the bike for this mount, do lift weights and stuff, but um, the technology they have on everything now, is it's incra- crazy to see uh, how far the game's coming just 10, 12 years that I've been playing. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things you, you work out all summer, you get stronger, you try to get your cardio up, but then you get in a game and you're out of shape. You're, you're not in game shape. Yeah. No matter what you do in summer, you're never in game shape. So it's the same thing, I think, when someone's injured. As long as you keep, getting that, keep that strength up, it's going to take you a couple games to get back in shape anyways because um, you can't simulate. Yeah, You can try to work as hard as you can on the, in a game on the ice, but – it doesn't translate over. I guess human nature is your teammates aren't going to go. They're certainly not going to go at you in a one-on-one battle as hard as somebody from the the other team. Because yeah. I know they try to simulate that, but even that's probably as close as of a simulation as you can get without actually being in a in a real game. I would think. Yeah, you, you're doing a drill in the corner, you know, battle drill in the corner for 15 seconds, and then go shoot a puck. But in a game, you're up the ice, you're down the ice, then you're doing that battle, then you're up the ice again. So it's. Yeah. It's tough to simulate that and and keep someone wanting to, you know, you know, you can yeah. skate lines all day, but then in three days you're gonna be like, this this sucks. This, this get, is get this me is, out of here. This is tiring. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to keep some fun and not fun, but uh, interest in some level of yeah. enjoyment, right? Yeah. Nighttime and noon with Dave Gosher and Derek Anglin. Great to have you with us on all of our social media digital channels and also on Fox Sports. Las Vegas, a reminder about the spectacular Hotel Californian in Santa Barbara, California. It's the newest exciting addition to the Foley Entertainment Group. Experience an extraordinary stay in one of 121 luxurious guest rooms and suites. Taste the region's finest wine at Foley Food and Wine Society Tasting Room and treat yourself to unparalleled massages as well at Majorel, the Macarena-inspired spa, all in the heart of the American Riviera. Designed for domestic and international guests alike, Hotel Californian is the perfect destination for any traveler seeking one-of-a-kind luxury experiences. Hotel Californian is Santa Barbara's premier 
urban destination. Visit HotelCalifornian.com to book your stay today. Lots more to come on nighttime at noon. As we said, we're going to take a peek ahead to what's coming up for the Golden Knights this week with some very familiar faces that have already returned with more to come over the next few games. That's after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yeah, you know, I, I think over a long season, you know, I think if you're a fan tonight, you probably got uh, two games for the price of one. I mean, I, I don't think we could have played any better than we did in the first and the start we had. Um, you knew you knew they were going to push back in the second. They were getting their legs under them, their first game back. Uh, we didn't handle that well. And then, uh, you know, you're down 4-2 going in the last 10 minutes, you know, Full, full marks to find a way to get a point. Uh, you know, I think that's the silver lining in it. Um, but, you know, obviously wasn't uh, our best 60-minute effort. That is Golden Knights head coach Pete DeBoer. His comments after last night's overtime loss, 5-4 to the Winnipeg Jets. We talked about it on TV, Derek. Entertainment factor was pretty darn high in that game. Uh, what were your some of your takeaways as you watched uh, the Golden Knights get a point out of the game last night? Uh, exactly what Pete said. You know, the first period they, I thought, dominated. Um, you know, they with 20-plus shots in the first. They were 45 shots in just into the third, or third, 40 shots just into the third period. So yeah. uh, they had a lot of shots on goal. Um, and then to come back from a team like Winnipeg, Hellebuck in net, um, they did it the right way. You got to get traffic in front of him so he can't see and uh, get pucks there. So to answer, you know, come back from a four-two game with ten minutes to go—that's uh, that's huge. And you know, you hope you can squeak that out in overtime. But it's another good team, high, highly offensive team that you're going against. So they had been—I uh, don't want to say they were due for an overtime loss. They had won fourteen in a row in overtime. Games decided in overtime. So the only game they had this year that was decided in overtime was the game in Dallas where uh, Marshall scored late and then Dodonov scored in overtime, right? But this is going back to like through last year and it's got to be even the season before. I think they were 9-0 and last year. So 14 in a row in the three-on-three in games decided in the three-on-three. You know, Pete DeBoer also said after the game last night, I think it was a little bit of frustration. I think his sense, or the, the sense you got was if you score four on Hellebuck, you should win. So I, I wonder if it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Happy to get a point, but I, I wonder if, uh, you know, if they were being completely honest, they felt maybe maybe they deserved a little bit better when you score four against a goalie of that caliber. Yeah, he, he scored four against him. He's he's one of the top goalies in the league. And um, but like I said earlier, you gotta. I think they're probably wanting to clean up defensively a little a little more. You know, maybe that ten feet around the net, uh, clearing that out a little better. You know, the power play goal. I thought. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta get the puck or get a guy out of there. And um, you know, that's stuff that's easily cleaned up. Um, you know, just uh, win those battles in that ten foot uh, around the net and. Um, like I said, you, you get Marty back, and I think that's a, that's a big boost for the, them defensively. The starts they've had at home over the last three games, so Tampa before the Christmas break, and then the game against Anaheim on New Year's Eve and last night, 52-19. Uh, to 19. I'm sorry, fit my, my math here. Hold on. Do you have an eraser? 55-19. <laughs> to 19. They've outshot teams in the first period of the last three home games. And just – Stormed Tampa, stormed Anaheim. Same thing with with uh, Winnipeg last night. Um, 
I think Pete's right. I, I don't think I don't know if they could have played much better than they did in the first period. And I, you know, to your point, cleaning it up defensively, like turnover on the first Winnipeg goal, turnover on the second Winnipeg goal, and you know, it's a team that I think you felt like they look. They're going to be pissed after a first period like that where they just got, you know, kind of got steamrolled over um, and come right back to, you know, there's a lot of, you look at high, and, and it's interesting, you talk about depth scoring, it was Harkins and Reichel that scored the first two goals for Winnipeg last night, and then you get some of the other guys involved with Stastny and Kopp and eventually Connor in overtime, but, um, you know, the Golden Knights have, trying to build some momentum here at home, they've come out with, I mean, you were part of that first year. The first periods, and I, I didn't say it last night on TV. I kind of thought about it, though. It was reminiscent of some of the first periods you guys had that first year at home where you just came out and it was just wave after wave after wave, and the other team didn't have much of an answer for it. Yeah, the relentless hockey. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's like you said, it goes back to that first year, kind of similar to that. But, um, you know, sometimes you come out in the second, and I don't want to say you, you take the foot off the gas a little bit, you might do that, which makes the other team look like they're pushing back a lot harder than they, they are. You may be just giving them a little bit more me- momentum, yeah. and then it's tough to get that back against a good team. They're they're a good team with uh, a lot of talent over there. So, uh, like you said, the first two goals are turnovers, which you don't want that team. You don't want to be turning the puck over against that team. They're dangerous. So, um, yeah, just little things that they need to clean up, and, uh, you know, at least it's not uh, anything crazy that they have to fix Hard to keep that pace up, I would imagine, for 60 minutes when you play that well the first 20. Like the the guy that I sit next to uh, during the games always says, the other team's going to have pieces of the game too. You know, they're going to respond, which obviously Winnipeg did last night. A couple of updates from Pete DeBoer just had his press avail- availability uh, here at City National Arena. So updates uh, to the Golden Knights injuries. Uh, Mark Stone and Robin Leonard uh, remain day-to-day but doubtful for tomorrow night when the Golden Knights take on the Nashville Predators. Nick Haig has a wrist problem, and he's still day-to-day as well. So we'll see if um, if Nick is able to return here in the not-too-distant future. You know, you look back at that road trip. He played the first uh, three games of that trip. Actually played the entire trip. I'm mistaken. Played the entire trip east, came home, didn't play the game against Tampa before Christmas, did play in L.A. after Christmas, and then obviously has not played the last couple of games, they've had Ben Hutton mostly, you know, paired up with Alex Petrangelo. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. You know, they, don't, they haven't had the number one goalie here in the last four games in Robin Leonard. Uh, Lauren Brossois has been in there. And, um, yeah, I'm sure Pete has had his fill. We, we're, we're barely into the new year, but he's, it's been talking about injuries the whole season, between injuries and COVID, like enough already, uncle. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's one of those things that just keeps keeps going and there's no end in sight hopefully it uh this is it for them but uh it's you know, you know it's 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 tough not to you hear one of the updates and it's it's tough you know when you're in the locker room and stuff not to like almost laugh about it because yeah. it's just holy it's just you know getting old like you said here we go again yeah um want to touch on before we go to break so last night real nice job by the golden knights and their production staff nice little tribute to nate schmidt and to paul stastny they had not been back to play against the golden knights since they were uh traded um of course schmidt went to vancouver eventually ends up in winnipeg and paul stastny went back to winnipeg uh, from the golden knights uh tomorrow nashville predators here and then uh, later on this week, you got the New York Rangers with Gerard Gallant, Mike Kelly, and Ryan Reeves. And then uh, who's the goalie for Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> you, you got Mark Andre Fleury coming here. 
on Saturday. Uh, you know, it's going to be a special week. It was good to see Stastny and, and Schmidt in the building last night. And, uh, you know, you talk about uh, Pete, I think, put it well. I mean, the some of the, the men, you know, you were part of that group, you know, for the first several seasons, guys that help form the identity of this franchise from the ground up. Um, it'll be pretty special to see those guys back here, you know, as we go through these games this week. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who was doing the scheduling to put them all in the same week. Uh, you, you know, there's uh, it's pretty pretty crazy to get it all, I guess, pack it all in and uh, get it over with. But, uh, yeah, to see the tribute to Schmitty and uh, Stas was was huge. And, you know, you, you zoom in on Schmitty and he's grinning ear to ear. So Isn't that many? Uh, didn't have any bad days here. I mean, uh, they're very few. Very, very few. You know. You, you know, but he was still happier than anyone else in the room on his bad day. So. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Turk and Revo is going to be, you know, a special one. And then you end it with flower and, uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's going to be a good week, uh, for fans and, uh, excited to see the, uh, tributes to them. Gerard Gallant, uh, his ability, especially, you know, that, that first year here, the most successful expansion team in the history of sports. Uh, he's had great success in New York here so far in the first season with the Rangers, What's it like to play for him? What What's the impact he has, and especially, you know, in that first year with the Golden Knights or, you know, we've seen similar results here. Long way to go with the Rangers, but so far they've had a real good year. Yeah, it's it was great playing for him. He's, uh, he's hard, but he's, uh, you know, he gets what uh, he wants out of the guys, but, uh, you know, we respect him. He's, he may... Uh, May yell at you, but uh, you're going back out next shift, and uh, you, you know that's how you you get better. You some criticism, okay? I got I got to be better out on the yeah. ice, and and he's going to put you right back out. It's not like you're sitting there for a period. I've had that before, where you get benched for an entire entire period. He's not that. He's going to let you know, and you're back out there, and you, you just don't do it again. You, you know, but uh, he was great to play for. Uh, you know, as uh, when I heard he got got the job in New York I thought it was a as great fit for him with that team it's a young team with a lot of high-end talent so um it's, it's just good seeing them uh and Revo too they're uh doing well yeah the Golden Knights had a heck of a game against the Rangers uh at Madison Square Garden just on that trip back east uh not long ago the Rangers coming into today's action uh 21-8 and 4 right there among the top teams uh just a couple of points off the top uh spot in the Eastern Conference of course the Golden Knights they lead uh, the West at 45 points. Now, they've played, along with Anaheim, the most games in the league. Uh, there's a lot of teams that are going to have some catching up to do. We're going to kind of get into that and some other things as we move forward here, including uh, the Winter Classic. That looked like a toasty night in uh, in Minnesota, to say the least. It looked like it was about 100 below. But uh, we'll get into that. Lots more before we go to break. Golden Knights fans, if you need more hockey, make sure to check out the newest team in town, the Henderson Silver Knights of the American Hockey League. Single game, group, and mini-suite tickets for home games throughout the entire 21-22 season are on sale now. Contact the Henderson Silver Knights ticketing team at 702-645-4259, or you can always go online to hendersonsilvernights.com to find out more. Dave Gosher, Derek Anglin with you. Nighttime at noon. More to come in a moment on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, it's like you say, I can look at it two ways. I think we started off really good in the first period, and then they come back and scored those two quick ones in the second. But I think overall in the second period, we get back to our game and the tied game going into the third. And I think they just went a little harder for the 
for the 3-2 goal. Maybe we thought it would come easier to us and then uh, obviously good to come back in the end. But overall, it's a game we should have won and uh, won a win and, and uh, kind of gave that one up. But uh, also, you can look at it, we came back from two goals down. So it's a good point in that way, but obviously uh, want to win that game. That is the voice of Matthias Janmark, who has uh, really picked it up here for the Golden Knights lately, up to six goals on the season. Goals in three in a row for the first time as a member of the Golden Knights, and he also uh, ties a career high, did it once with Dallas and once with Chicago, and had two big goals last night. Had the goal that made it 4-3, uh, to three, took the puck away from Dylan DeMello, beautiful finish upstairs on Connor Hellebuck, and then with the goaltender pulled, uh, shot comes in from the point, from uh, Shea Theodore, it was kind of a, it was a double deflection. I wasn't sure if Watt tipped it or Patrick tipped it. So I, here's here's what you do, Derek. If you're in that boat, if you do what I do, you just throw out both names just to cover your own backside. The guy I didn't mention was Yanmark, and sure as heck it hit him in the skate. So it was like a double tip, right? It hit Watt, hit Yanmark in the skate. But um, you know, he's a guy. You know, we kind of talked earlier about when you, you can't get around, you're missing so. You know, you're you're too. Most dangerous forwards, I guess, right? And Stone and, and Pacioretty right now. Uh, other guys have had to jump in, fill that void. But Yanmark last night with two big goals, in the, including the 4-3 goal and the 4-4 goal. Yeah, he's, uh, he said the DeMello goal is good. He just out, out-muscled them, got the puck and uh, the great finish. And then uh, the game-tying goal, it's, you know, all three of the, those guys are trying to get to the dirty area, and they get rewarded. You know, Wazzy tips it. He's right in front of Hellebuck. Yanmark's just off the side, ends up going off him, and it's a, uh, it's one of those goals that uh, they're they're getting rewarded for going to that, uh, going to the net, and uh, trying to stay there. So Matias Yanmark, a couple of big goals last night. They managed to squeeze out a point in that game against the Winnipeg Jets. So you know, we mentioned Derek that uh, you know right now the Golden Knights are in a good spot. Look, especially with everything they've gone through, be it. Uh, injuries, COVID, uh, they sit right now atop the Western Conference with 45 points. Uh, St. Louis, a couple points back with two games in hand. Nashville, two games in hand, three points back. Big game against the Predators tomorrow night. The team that I you know, I kind of keep an eye on is Colorado, right? They hadn't played in 17 days. Had five, had seven games postponed. Seven games postponed. Came back yesterday. Uh, and picked up a win uh, against Nashville, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, they're a little ways back. They're seven back of the Golden Knights. They have seven games at hand on Vegas. So I don't know how this is all going to sort itself out. You know, you were saying earlier, and I just saw it on the Twitters, um, Ottawa had another game postponed here today. So these Canadian teams are trying. They, they can't get into a situation again where they're playing. Somebody told me that uh, right now the maximum crowd you can have in Manitoba is 250 people. Well, the Jets can't do. You can't play a game. You can't no. do that again. Montreal had to do it, right? They played a game in front of no crowd. No crowd at um, at the Bell Center. So um, it's somebody's job. Thankfully, not ours, to try to figure out what they're going to do with all this. But Peter Moore mentioned this: as great as where they are in the standings, the Golden Knights are right now through 35 games. Um, I don't think they're getting too preoccupied with that. They know teams like Colorado and others have some games to make up. And, you know, I know they focused on themselves, but um, there's some teams that are going to be nipping on their heels here in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, they're, they're – you try not to watch that too much, but uh, like you said, you're going to you're gonna watch them. Calgary's got, I think, five games in hand, and they're yep. five points back. So those are going to be uh, – you haven't played them in a while, so 
those games are going to be huge. They're big four-point games, and those are the games that they need to win to keep that gap, uh, that distance between them. So those are going to be uh, highly sought-after games to watch. Did you look at the standings regularly as a player, or did you let somebody else tell you where the team was at? Or, you know, uh, did, did you kind of have a sense? I, I knew where I was. If I looked at the standings, yeah. I was looking elsewhere. You'd still look at our division stuff, but yeah. you, you knew where you were. But, you, you know, it's like Revo's gone. So, you know, I'm flipping to see how New York's doing or Holden. Yeah. You know, those yeah. guys, the buddies of yours are, you know, Pittsburgh. See how they're doing. Uh, you, you keep on that. But uh, you know where you're at. Um, but uh, you're still looking. I, I think I did anyways. So um, Winter Classic the other night in Minnesota between the Wild and the St. Louis Blues. How much of it did you see? Did uh, I didn't. I was stuck on the side of the road because my Jeep uh, blew an axle and what? Uh, it started on fire. So, well, your Jeep, fire. your Jeep caught on fire? Well, my front axle, yeah, heated up so much it snapped going down the freeway. And I pulled over and I climbed under to see what was wrong. My front axle was snapped and then I seen glowing right by the gas tank. So I'm like screaming at my neighbor, get my kids out of the car. Yeah. And I took, the, uh, took some water bottles, got the fire out, and then I sat on the side of the road while he dropped his trailer off, came back to get mine, and then I had to wait for the tow truck. So I didn't get to watch any of it, but uh, it looked chilly. Well, I was going to say, I mean, sounds like you didn't have a lot of fun. I mean, the people at this game, I don't think, got a lot of fun either. But So wait a minute, so we're, you were on the highway? We were like on the yeah, 215? On 95. Yeah, up by Lee Canyon Road. Uh, and So where's the Jeep now? It's at Desert 215. Getting looked <laughs> getting at right now. <laughs> Thank you to the Hopefully. people at Desert 215. Yes. Let's have that done by the close of business yeah, today. Yeah. So um, tell me about your outdoor game experience uh, in yeah, the past. Had, What's uh, that I been like? Two. Yeah. Uh, well, Winter Classic won in Pittsburgh uh, against Washington. At Heinz Field? At Heinz Field. Okay. It was uh, the day before, day after. were perfect. The day of, it was raining. Uh, it was still, the, the experience is amazing. The day before, skating with your family and stuff and uh, – practicing out there it's amazing uh it was a little wet out there you you didn't want to fall because you'd be soaked um but then i played the stadium series in chicago at soldier stadium and that was freezing and snowing it was almost not blizzard but it was they had to get uh extra people out there to push snow every whistle like it was yeah. piling up that much so it was uh the experience is just out of this world though so the heinz field one do i remember right did you guys have to push back the start of that game because of the rain like to the night to the evening. Yeah, they pushed it right? back. It was supposed to be in the afternoon. Yeah. They pushed it back later. Yeah. yeah. So what's worse, the rain or the snow? What's more of a pain if you're a player to deal with out there? I, I think experience-wise, you want the snow. Like, that's what you're playing outdoors right. for. You want the snow. You want the cold. The rain was just, you know, you'd pass the puck, and there'd be a roost of water spraying up. It's all it's spraying you, you know. Yeah. You go to slap your stick around. You're spraying everyone. You know, it was... It was still cool, don't get me wrong, and all that. It was a great experience, but uh, the snow factor, it brings you back to as a kid on the lake and, uh, you know, out there freezing cold, and uh, that's kind of what you want the experience to be like. So the game at Soldier Field, uh, did you ever get warm? You said it was freezing. Could you ever get warm? Oh, yeah. So the in the bench, they had those heaters coming yeah. into the middle of the bench. I played forward this game, too. Uh, so it came in the middle of the bench and then dispersed out to the side. So if you come on the bench, your butt would be cold, you'd be freezing. And then the closer you got to the middle, you couldn't sit because it was so hot. So like you <laughs> inching down, and then it started burning, so you'd have to stand up, and then you get cold, sit down. And, it was, and I played forward, so I 
probably only played like eight minutes. So yeah. I sat in the middle of the bench a lot. Strategically uh, yeah. placed your rear end. Yeah, tried to sit there. Yeah. So this uh, the, obviously you know, anyone who saw this game the other night, it's in Minneapolis at uh, Target Field, home of the Twins, ten below, and that was that's uh, that was like straight ten below, wouldn't you? I, I think was even it yeah. was uh, worse. Third coldest outdoor sporting event in U.S. history. So the first one would be I remember seeing film of this, the Ice Bowl back in 1967 between the Packers and the Cowboys, freezing cold before the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know the Packers beat the Cowboys. And then I, re- I remember this vaguely as a kid. It was like in 1982, AFC Championship game was in Cincinnati. The San Diego Chargers played in Cincinnati, and it was just frigid cold. So those two were one and two. Uh, side note, the Chargers had played the week before down in Miami. <laughs> so they live in San Diego. They go play the Dolphins. Kellen Winslow, they had to help him off the field. He was exhausted after the game. And then the next week they go to Cincinnati and freeze their asses off. And anyway... Uh, ten below zero in Minneapolis the other night. I just when I, I was saying I had uh, and my wife and some friends from Southern California over and we're watching the game and I said I'll tell you what it gets a six to two for the Blues after the second period. Uh, I'm out, like I'm out of there. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. I know they made it close, but like that's very cold. Yeah. I, I don't need that. That's no. very chilly. Uncomfortable for sure. No, didn't, no. didn't Edmonton have an outdoor game? Yeah, really cold. So too? you made me think of this. So Claude Julian was coaching. It was Montreal at Edmonton. Yeah. Um, at the CFL stadium for the Edmonton football team, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, the exactly, Elks, yeah. the Elks, yes. So the story I had heard was, similar to what you said, they have the heaters on the bench. So Claude Julian told me this story during his time in Boston. You know, the, the, I forget the clothing company in Canada, they out they outfit all the coaches with the warm coats and yeah. the, the winter boots. And after the first period, he was so hot <laughs> – he gave his boots and his jacket to Bob Gainey, who was the GM of the Canadians at the time. Everyone else is freezing to death in the stands. But yeah. the the coaches and the fourth-line right wing, like you, yeah. were probably very toasty. Oh, yeah, nice and toasty <laughs> in the middle of the bench. I had two of them. Before we go to break, I called two in Boston. One was at Fenway Park, which was great. Uh, the Bruins beat the Flyers in overtime. Marco Sturm, assistant coach for the Kings, scored in overtime to win the game at Fenway. That was cool. Uh, the other one was at Gillette Stadium, Bruins Canadians in 2016. Uh, that was not so cool. The Bruins lost five to one. It might have been the worst game they played all year, and it was they were down like three nothing quick. And then I remember thinking like there's 68,000 people at the game. Yeah, it's gonna suck if they don't score. Like it, it, to hear you're not gonna yeah. hear the roar of the crowd. I thought the same thing in the game at Fenway. Bruins were down one nothing. Mark Recchi scored a power play goal with you know two and a half minutes left to tie the game. But I remember thinking like. This is not going to be fun if you yeah. can't hear all these people roaring, you know. But, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But in both scenarios, the one at Fenway, to your, it was um, cloudy, but it was perfect, like yeah. 32 degrees. Oh, yeah. uh, the one at Gillette was, was good, too, weather-wise. But, yeah, it's uh, I just can't, uh, you know. I guess you'd find ways to stay warm when it's 10 below. I'll try to. But, try. man. I don't know, but you, I watched the Packers game last night a little bit. Yeah. People out there in their T-shirts. Yeah, I'm like a, that. That's another. I I can't do that anymore. I, I know. know. Well, and before we go to, I I know you had uh, vehicle trouble. Yeah. Did you see the highlights of how the Blues arrived at the game? No, I didn't. Shorts not. and T-shirts. They get off the bus, right? And this is the old mind over matter, I yeah. guess. If it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't mind, you, you know, you, yeah. if if you don't mind, it doesn't matter. They came off the bus in shorts, T-shirts, and flip-flops. To walk into that place where it was ten below zero, Jeez. I think just maybe trying to yeah. play the old Jedi mind trick, get over it. <laughs> it's a 
unbelievable. Yeah, but anyway, uh, it was a heck of a job. Uh, it looked great on TV, even if everyone was freezing cold. Um, and a big win for the St. Louis Blues. So uh, over the Minnesota Wild. It's nighttime at noon with Dave Gosher and Derek Anglin. A reminder for you folks that be one of the first to join the Vegas Nighthawks family. Secure your seat location priority today by placing a refundable $20 deposit at NighthawksFootball. That's NighthawksFootball.com. Full season membership will start at just 10 bucks per ticket per game at the brand new Dollar Loan Center located in Henderson. Rolling right along at nighttime at noon. We'll have one final segment coming up after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Knights need a golden tie. Left point. Theodore shoots, tipped, score! Seconds to go. Nicholas Waugh on the doorstep. Ties it up for four. That's the voice of Dan Duba. Missed a couple of games in COVID protocol. Good to have the radio voice of the Golden Knights back in the booth last night. He and the TV play-by-play guy both didn't have the tying goal right. So at least we're both wrong. You know, misery loves company. We both... uh, we both did not see it in real time. It's it's tough to see it going off the skate of the end mark. But uh, good to have Dan back last night. So we were just talk- we just kind of now my OCD kicks in. So how cold was it for the ice bowl between the Packers and the Cowboys? New Year's Day, 1967, with wind chill at Lambeau Field, 38 below zero. There's not enough money on earth to go to that game, but it was packed. That's where it uh, meets Canadian. Well, 40 below. It's about, yeah, where 40 it's below meets, yeah. 40 below is 40 below. Yeah. <laughs> cold, no matter how you cold, cut yeah. it. The Heritage Classics, the one that we, we were talking about in Edmonton, Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, 57,000 people went to this thing between the Canadians and the Oilers with wind chill, 22 below Fahrenheit. That's uh, no way. Nope. No, can't do it. You know, I, I I lived most of my life in the Northeast, and it didn't take long for the blood to thin right out. Now it gets chilly around here. I, I didn't move west for this crap. But the 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 desert cold is it's it, it's cold. Yes, it's, it's uh, you sound like you're a wuss. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was gonna think of worse words to say, but uh, it's almost uh, you know you go back to a snow place and it's not doesn't feel as cold. You know, maybe yep. your body adapts right away, but uh, that the desert cold as soon as that sun starts going down behind the mountains, it's it it gets chilly. I think. And you tell people from. You know, back east or from Canada, and like, oh, it gets cold in the desert in the winter. And they're like, there's not a chance you're right. Yeah. Like, well, not making it up, you know. Yeah. I will tell you, it was funny. A couple of years ago, we had a trip to, you know, kind of a similar trip we just made, Boston to New York. And we had a day in Boston and it was, you know, the usual crew on the road, myself, Shane, Gary. I think Dan was there as well. So we, you know, we're, we might have an occasional beverage on the road from time to time. So we were out at this place near the, we stayed at the Ritz, stayed at the yeah. uh, beautiful Ritz Hotel in Boston. So uh, we're at a little place right near Boston Common, and uh, you know it was it wasn't it wasn't that late. I'm being it was like midnight. And we're going back to the hotel, and God, it was it had to be 15 below with the wind chill. Middle of it was like um, middle of January or late January. Yeah. And here's me who spent 17 years in Boston and another four going to college in Boston, and I remember yelling on the way back to the hotel as we were like basically jogging back. Who the hell would ever live here? <laughs> well, me, knucklehead, who yeah. spent most of my life there. But, yeah, you're right. It's uh, And I think it's too bad. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, Derek, and I – look, I'm sure there's reasons they put a dome on Allegiant Stadium. 
I think it would just be awesome to have an outdoor game here. But yeah. they can't do it because they got a dome. Unless they could maybe remove the roof. I don't know, get the screwdriver out and yeah. take the roof off. Might be a little work. Yeah, but I think the Golden, you know, you're talking about one of the marquee franchises in the league. I think that'd be, I mean, I know they played in the Heritage, um, not the, yeah, the outdoor game, the Tahoe yeah. game last year. But, boy, do you think they would just be, you know, as popular as this franchise is league-wide, they would just be earmarked for a winter classic somewhere not going to be here obviously yeah but unless they figured something out but uh it's great to see it back right because you know last yeah. year and covid and all that crap and and they couldn't do it so yeah, it's uh, such a good experience for, it's awesome for the players right? the families yeah and the fans yeah like you know and you mentioned you're able to have your family there you skate the day before were you able to do that in chicago too people able to travel at soldier field yeah you could yeah. same thing yeah, same yeah thing. it's you know it's uh especially with everything you know we have the world junior championships canceled and games are being postponed left and right um it was great to see that um come off without a hitch despite yeah. it being uh, pretty darn cold the other day hey one other thing we wanted to mention and i think some of you probably saw this story so brian hamilton and nadia uh papavici i think is how you say this woman's name short version of a long story home opener for the seattle kraken um back in october vancouver's in town and the assistant equipment manager for the canucks is brian hamilton so Nadia is uh, at the game. She's attending the game in Seattle, uh, but she's also a in medical school. She's a medical student. She's trying to get Brian Hamilton's attention the entire game for a, a specific reason. He had a mole on the back of his neck that she looked at with a just naked eye and could tell it was cancerous. Finally got his attention and told him that. You know, I've never heard this before, you know, of a fan being at a game and obviously being close enough to the bench and seeing this mole. Sure enough, gets his attention. He gets it checked out, and it's cancerous. Can you imagine if, you know, that she never was able to get his attention? or So, anyway, they had a great reunion over the weekend, and the Kraken and the Canucks put together ten grand towards her medical student bills, which I'm sure are not cheap. So Yeah, that's uh... that's awesome. That's you know? amazing that she was persistent yes. about getting his attention because there's just think how many people see something and don't see, yeah. you know, with everything. But uh, for her to stay on that and eventually get his attention and do that, that's uh, just it's an amazing story. You think if you're the equi- you know, the assistant equipment guy, and, and not for nothing, you know, at a game you're pretty focused, right? Those yeah. guys have to be right on task, and you know, you've got. Uh, You've got this woman kind of trying to get your attention the whole game. You, you're probably, like, you know, I, I would guess, hey, don't bother me. You know, I'm working here. Yeah, you're used to it. There's just fans banging on the glass. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Probably thinking the same thing. but uh, Thankfully, she was persistent and yeah. a, a happy ending to a story, which uh, seems like we don't get enough of that these days over the last uh, couple of years. This has been fun, Derek. So, homestand's going to be an eight-gamer now for the Golden Knights. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can start to get some guys healthy here in the not-too-distant future. But... They've done a remarkable job here through 35 games to be where they're at, to say the least. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, like I said, I was hoping by Christmas 500 and by All-Star break they're they're going. So um, to be this many games over 500 already, it's uh, kudos to them. Yeah, 10 over 500 for the Golden Knights so far this year, 22-12-1. They sit atop the Western Conference. Thanks for tuning in. Of course, uh, we'll have all the action for you on radio and TV tomorrow night, the Golden Knights and the Nashville Predators. Tune in. That'll do it on this edition of Nighttime and Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas.